great future. We're talking real money. Hey there. Welcome to the show again. Uh-oh. I think I left yeah, I my... I know where that's coming from. I know where. It was from my FaceTime. Oh. Oh, I turned okay. it off. What am I doing? Oh, All my right, gosh. Hey, hi, everybody. I'm Don. Tom's over there. This is Talking Real Money, the place where we talk about money. Is yours off? Yes, everything's okay. off here. I just thought I heard... The something. water as well, by the way. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah no water. water. His water was broken. It's just... Uh, uh, so we want to help joys you. of home ownership, yes. We, yeah, exactly. I want to just rent so bad. Yeah. Uh, I really do. I just want to rent. <laughs> I can't wait to make the phone call. My water's not working. You get over here and fix yeah, it. Yeah, I just try want... Try to find somebody who will actually come and do it, I mean, which is virtually like, impossible. We've got three dripping faucets, and the, and the, yeah. and the plumber is booked till like... Yeah. 20, I've actually, I was, I was thinking of convincing this guy just to live down in the media room, maybe just feed him, keep him there. For the I next just want to go to high schools all across America and say, kids, you know that plan you had for college? Cancel it. Cancel yeah, it. Because got a go, better idea. Go to Fred's plumbing school. Yeah. Go to Al's air conditioning class. Go to Charlie's carpentry company. Do something because I can't find help. Plus, think of all the ties and nice shoes you don't need to buy. So Exactly. And think about all the student debt you won't need to take on. And think about the, uh, <laughs> the, the high rates that I'm paying for these guys right now. Crazy. Oh, yeah. What was your water guy? What did he cost well, you? Well, he, there was, <laughs> it's, you know, 150 bucks an hour or something. Yeah. I mean, I had. And this- he did. So he did part of it yesterday. He said, "I'll be back tomorrow for more." And he started going to the money. I go. I literally don't care. Just get it done. I don't. I, I had. The, I had the guy from Sears come out to look at the dishwasher. From I, Sears still has service. That's all they have left. I think is service. And it was like one hundred eighty-seven dollars for stores, a trip to the house. For, yeah, that's about what it is. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, get out there and do it. Be so. careful. There's lots of problems out there, and we want to help you avoid some of those. And we want to help you avoid problems. Oh, about investing and saving money and spending money and um, and and dealing with insurance companies. Oh my gosh, they drive me absolutely bonkers, crazy, make me mad. Insurance industry. Here's what. Here's the thing about the insurance industry. They're always going around saying, "Well, we can give you a really high return and there's no risk and no commissions." And they're just lying. They're just lying. They tell you these returns. I had, a, I had a question yesterday on the podcast from somebody who had a whole life policy, and they yeah. were making like 3.6% on it. Sounds about right. And I'm thinking to myself, where are they getting over 3.6% on their money so that they can have a profit? And the only place I can think of is they're buying risky assets. Well, and this is part of the issue, right? The insurance industry has had a very difficult time this last decade with low interest rates, with making sure they're going to have the money to pay out. This is an astounding number to me. The 160 million individual life insurance and annuity policies, 160 million. And uh, the 260, here's another number, 262 years the U.S. life insurance business has been around. You know, that's longer than we've been in business. But at any, I mean, so, but here's the thing. Because of those low interest rates, because it's been difficult for them to make money, they are selling a lot of them. And guess who is buying up these insurance companies, Don? Oh, Take probably guess. private flipping equity firms and That's hedge funds and things right, like that. That's right, because they can come in, they can take those same assets and put them in things like 
Ooh, I don't know, corporate debt. They could put them in asset-backed securities. They could put them in things that are risky. Now, how does that make you Chinese feel with Chinese real life? estate? Yeah, how does that make you feel with both uh, life insurance and with annuities that are sold as guarantees? Is it really a guarantee then? And, you know, the thing about guarantees is when you get a guarantee, like you have a treasury note, 10-year treasury note, and, and you think to yourself, that's guaranteed. Because it's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States and its taxing ability. That's pretty safe. Pretty safe. Not 100%, but um, if the United States fails, you know, everything is pretty much wallpaper. Not going to matter whether you can get yeah. the sprinkler system fixed or not. You're going to be drinking out of those tubes underground going, <laughs> exactly. is there any water left? Yeah, exactly. um, but insurance isn't. Insurance isn't backed yeah. by the full faith and credit of anything except the insurance company and guess who's looking over their shoulder the state insurance departments oh yeah hmm. and, and there are only a couple of those that are halfway competent the rest of them are manned or womaned by former insurance company executives who love their old insurance company 855-935-TALK Want a free copy of my book, Financial Physics? Well, go download it right now at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. We're talking about your life and your money and insurance right now, and I just really don't trust insurance companies. I have a, I have a real problem with, with them. Not that most of them are crooked, but that there are some that are crooked, and you're not going to know until after the fact that they are. Great example. Two years ago, a guy from North Carolina, Greg Lindbergh, set up a life insurance holding company, and he went out and bought a lot of insurance companies like Banker's Life, a big insurance company that was kind of in trouble. And he took the insurance company's assets that, by the way, belong to the policyholders, they're the stuff backing your annuity or your your life insurance policy. He took those and put them in things like, here's the name of the company, Secured Loan Backed Funding for LLC. That was probably paying 15% Which, interest no, or something. No, it turns out it, he owned that. Ah, he sold it. He bought it. <laughs> okay, that's good And then idea. he used that money to pay for his lifestyle and political contributions in North Carolina until he was arrested and sent to prison. So tons of money, billions of dollars, <laughs> were lost by shareholders. So what happened to the shareholders in those guaranteed annuities, Tom? And I think they, they probably didn't get their money. But, I mean, the other part is still, number one, it, the guarantee part is, is worrisome, not just for the reason that you mentioned, is the fact that the guarantees are made, and there's a, usually a great under, misunderstanding between what you think the guarantee is and what the insurance company thinks the guarantee is when it comes to annuity products. Number two, I wasn't there a large insurance company that almost went busted like a decade ago? Executive called, Life. But oh, AIG. 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 Yeah, that's right. Executive actually to, went broke. Yeah, AIG didn't, didn't. I think you and I had to kick in a couple mm -hmm. bucks to keep AIG going. So yep. that's not a guarantee. So anytime. Someone says, well, that's guaranteed. As you said, even government bonds, well, they've always paid you back, but there may come the day when they are not. So I would be careful 
about signing up for anything like that. The, the point of the, the, the bringing this up today is my personal take is it's going to get riskier because private equity firms are buying out insurance companies. They have a tendency to invest in things riskier than the more conservative insurance companies have for a long time. That was my point. So bear in mind, when somebody tells you they're going to they're give you a higher than average return and it comes from an insurance product, well, there's a reason it's higher than average because it's higher than average risk. Whether you can see it or not, and certainly whether they disclose it or not, the poor people who got into bankers' life annuities have so far, and this happened two years ago, so far been able to withdraw at most from their annuity $10,000. No matter That's how it? much they had in. Wow. That's scary. 855-935-TALK. That's our phone number, 855-935-8255. And Sandra, it's your turn. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, guys. Um, I want to put an addition on the back of my house next year. And estimates say it's going to be about $200,000. I have a pension and a 401k, and I've been saving uh, through a taxable account with a fiduciary. I, instead of selling off a huge amount of stock and throwing myself into the highest possible tax bracket, I understand that I might be able to borrow uh, against that stock. That can work out or not, depending on market conditions. Can you discuss, you know, for the rest of us, how that works? Oh, you're, are you talking about like margin, margin loan? Margin She's loan? talking about a margin okay. loan, yeah. Why not just like a HELOC or uh, something borrow, instead? Borrow using That's a, yeah, well, you can either you can pledge them as security to yeah. a bank. Pledge securities, yeah. Yeah, or you can borrow through your brokerage firm in the form of a margin loan. Margin loans have an adjustable rate. They can go anywhere. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, you could go to your banker and say, I have X number of securities that I will pledge as collateral for a loan. But uh, Tom's question makes, how much equity do you have in your home? Um, I've got, depending on current market conditions, about 550K. I would just borrow against the value of the home, either through a HELOC, as Tom said. What's your current interest rate on the home mortgage, though? Uh, 2.65. Oh, great, great. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, but, I mean, the HELOC is going to be probably double that or yeah, so. Four, I mean, four something five. like that. But I would still take that over either a pledged account or margin. Yeah, no because because a pledged account at a bank is considered a personal loan, you're going to probably end up with a higher rate, depending on your personal relationship with the bank, your credit situation, and the like. You're likely to get the better rate with the uh, with the HELOC. Although you may want to consider because rates are still quite low. Uh, I saw a thirty year recently at two and three quarters. Yeah, the last I saw was three flat, but okay. There may be some deals out there. Shop around a little bit because if you can find a rate that's very close to what you have now, to refi the whole thing if you can get a deal where the closing costs are low, and one of the places I go to look is through Costco for good deals because Costco cuts deals with some of these lenders. You might want to just do a new first altogether and roll the addition into the first because that's going to give you equity back in the home down the road anyway, so... I think that would be the cheapest way to do it, personally. You? Yeah, they said there would be a huge tax hit if I just basically sold off my equity. Yeah. yeah. No, we, would, we yeah, wouldn't no, be no, recommending That's what I'm that. saying. There would be no tax hit for refinancing your mortgage, which is going to get a little worried, too, when your advisor is suggesting a margin loan. Because the other thing about margin loans, it just it always feels like it's 
like your your snow chains getting wrapped around the axle. It just feels like it gets confusing to people. What's the per- it just I don't like seeing them in a general sense because I number one I don't like to borrow money to invest. Number two, it just it feels like then it adds a confusing element to your overall investment strategy. I would rather see you either take the equity out of the home the way Don said or get a HELOC that way do the do the rebuild and then at, at with a, such a low interest rate it really makes yeah. great sense. And here's the other thing, the margin loan rate right now at Fidelity is over 7%. The oh, margin wow. loan okay. rate at Schwab is over 8%. Wow. So yeah. you're going to pay a higher rate, and it's an adjustable rate. Yeah. So if rates go up, your margin loan rate is going to go up. That's why I think the re- I when I bet you when you sit down and crunch the numbers, you're going to find the very best deal, even though you're going to have some closing costs, and even though your rate might go up fractionally, that you'll find the best price for the money to be a refi of your first and a cash out for $200,000. Thank you for your call, Sandra. By the way, if you go through Costco, make sure you get them to throw in some toilet paper and paper towels, which, again, are in short supply. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I would just go for the rotisserie chicken. Just get a lot Ah, of that rotisserie chicken. Those are never in short supply because they get that place in the Midwest. They get producing like 4,000 chickens a minute or something. 4,000 mutant giant chickens. (laughs) They are good chick. Actually, that's a good idea. Uh, So, no, I'd rather see you borrow from the equity there. Yeah, I'd rather see you borrow from that rather than against your investments, put it that way. Yeah. Thank you for the call. We really appreciate it. 855-935-TALK is our phone number, 855-935-8255. And by the way, just to let you know, Costco doesn't pay us anything for that plug. I've just used them twice for refinancing, yeah. and I got and such great deals on closing costs. I did the costs. same. Now, somebody cornered me at our client event in August and said, I went to Costco, and it didn't work out, just because you guys should know that since you always hey, talk about it. you know it. what? So, uh, it doesn't always work out. No, things don't always uh, – things aren't this – here I'm looking. I just found a rate 2.625. Wow. So 30-year? Oh, that's, that's with a, points. That's with points. Okay, that's I was going to say because yeah, you got to yeah, balance. It's about that out. three without points. Okay, but still though, if you're going to pay five or six or seven on a HELOC or seven or eight or nine on a on a securities loan, better Tom better and deal. Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's v e s t o r y dot com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Decisions like the one. Sandra's facing and that we all face. You face them. I face them. I faced them recently when I refinanced. When do you refinance a home or borrow from your home versus when do you sell things? That really becomes a uh, a, a basic. Sell other assets. Sell other assets. Or, yeah. That yeah. really comes down to a basic numbers thing. You have, and as with everything, here's the, ready? You're not going to like this if you didn't like math in school. You're going to need to do the math. It's really yeah, that it's, simple. It, it, it is because there always feels like there's an emotional component to a mortgage. One of those things that you hear all the time is don't retire until you pay off your mortgage or take Wrong. the money and pay off your mortgage. I know, but it's one of those things that's sort of out there as a rule of thumb. You don't want to have a mortgage in retirement. Well, baloney. I'm going to have one in retirement. 
I, I think I've already said this before. Previously, but I'm planning on refinancing not long before I retire and take out another 30 year and spread it all well, out. But let me ask you a question. So, well, let me ask you yeah. a question about that, though. Think about this for a minute. What if, I'm not saying this is going to happen, I am not predicting anything, but what if a few years from now, when you're thinking about that refinancing to take money mm-hmm. out, and we've had. No, not oh, taking money out, just refinancing. Oh, refinancing, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. What if rates have kicked up into the double digits you've raised this before that won't happen i've already done some checking i made a few phone calls not going to happen in tom's world tom's world is a I world friends at the fed no bro. one else no one else lives in tom's world except no, I, that's a possibility that's that's fair because right now my rate is 2.4 or something ridiculous I mean, I got literally in it right at the exact moment. I believe one and of the reasons year, why that so. was a rule of thumb for people to pay off those mortgages was because there have never been, ever, ever no, been this is the lowest ever. mortgage yeah. rates this low in the history of mortgages. And I'm sorry, that goes clear back to It's a Wonderful Life way back then. The, no, the, before. The building and loan. Yeah. Oh, before. Yeah. Well, before yeah, that, yeah. even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, so you're right. Could, if, what if they doubled? What if, let's just say, for example, they're five? Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, now I don't really want to take a two mm-hmm. and a half and turn that into a five. So that could be, that could be an issue. You're right. But that's why I'm sitting here going, and, and, and I had this, dis- and this is a discussion that comes up in families. I had this discussion with my wife is why are we taking out when we refinance? Why are we taking out a 30 year mortgage? Mm-hmm. And my thinking is, I am unlikely, not guaranteeing it, but I am unlikely to see mortgage rates a whole lot lower than what they are today. Well, and to see 30 years. I thought that's where you were headed. No, I, I'm not. I made a phone I, call on that I, to make just, sure that's not so going to happen. I looked at my mortgage because I was making my first payment. I looked at the mm-hmm. uh, the payoff date. 20, Let me th- don't, don't tell me. Don't tell, don't tell me. You'll you'll know. 50, 52, 51. 51. Okay, yeah. yeah, okay. I, mm. I will be yeah. 94 years old. Okay, well, it's possible. 95. No, I'll be 95 years old. You'll still be in that same old. room, too, by the way. You'll still be in that same room with the door behind, so, right behind so you. So I'll and, be sitting here on my yeah. on my antique microphone. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Don has one of those really antique microphones there. Look at that I'll thing. I'll be there Been going, since hey, the 20s. this is a red-letter day. My house is paid off. <laughs> I can die happy. Yeah. No, I mean, it. I, I just, again... Uh, you're right. You've got to do the math. It's not. It's not an emotional. Mm-mm. I'm just going to pay it off because I don't. want And that's why I say do the math. Go out and quote. Get a quote on a HELOC. Find out what they'll do a two hundred thousand yeah. dollar HELOC, and if it then do the math. What am I going to pay for that HELOC? And the HELOC, remember, will probably be an adjustable rate. Yes, not it will. a fixed rate. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. count on just calculate it being a little higher than it it is initially what is a little by the way i don't know more than one well you can't how can you calculate if you just you say well, a little okay kick it up a couple of percentage points just to okay, see okay two yeah by when couple by tomorrow by day after tomorrow by tomorrow okay six Whoa, months from now. major announcement on talking yeah. real money interest, interest rates, rates up two percent anyway do wow. the rough math i'm not saying do right. precise math but see where that that three yeah. percent on the 30 year where you're taking your your uh mortgage up versus the $200,000 on the HELOC versus paying 
9 or 10% down the road on a securities loan and see what By the By the way, if, it's a, if it goes to 5, it's an interesting conundrum for me because it might then make sense to take a chunk of change, pay the thing off. Now i got no payment in retirement. It might work at that point. Not, it if, might. You, not if you have a two and three-quarter today. No, that's what I'm saying. If it's a, if it goes to five and I want to refinance oh, it for a longer oh, period of time, a, then it might make sense. Yeah, okay, I get it. 855-935-TALK. We've got a line, two, three, five, open for you now. Call. Tom and Don are talking real money. Set your course for a great future with a free copy of our 60-page Better Retirement Guidebook at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. One more time. Oh, it's not the last time I'm going to mention this. No way. I'm going to mention this a lot. Our phone number, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Call us. Now I know you need to work another 30 years to pay off the mortgage. You're going to be mentioning that number a, a zillion lot. times. Yeah, yeah. So wor- I, have to, I literally have to work right up until I'm 95 <laughs> exactly. to pay off the mortgage. So I talked to somebody yesterday who was still fixing barometers at age 94. Fixing the mercury ones? Bar- People yeah, still do. have mercury barometers? Uh, yeah, yeah. Really? Those are getting kind of old, yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, they date back to like... Uh, <laughs> Euripides or something. I just made up names. Yeah. I just threw that out. I have no idea. Urethium? Urethium. That's Tom's name. <laughs> hey, uh, there is something yeah. that has baffled mm. me. This baffles me constantly. Let's take uh, some of the big fund groups, mutual fund companies out there, like Vanguard or Fidelity. Big, well-known, household names, fund groups with a lot of great mutual funds, index mutual funds. Indexed ETFs, really, truly passive products with great expense ratios, really good for their clients, really good stuff for their clients. And and it baffles me. On the other hand? Yeah, on the other hand, it baffles me, particularly with Vanguard, but with Fidelity, too, given the success that they're enjoying with their index funds. Why, why they continue to both create and promote actively managed mutual funds for which it is almost impossible to find any evidence of outperformance that would justify their fees. Now, be careful. When you say outperformance, you outperforming mean their benchmarks. Right. So you said, okay, the S&P 500 has made 10. This fund has made 9.5. Right. So this is a large under- cap yeah. growth fund or large cap blend well, fund, and it's underperforming sure. the S&P 500 because it has an expense ratio of uh, seven-tenths of a percent a year. And in fairness to Fidelity, of course, the firm started as you know stock picking fund that's where the they they that's their that's their home that's their base that's where they came from right vanguard on the other hand yeah. really was the in you know started with well, the indexing actually, in the no, early vanguard 70s they really, had, yeah, they had, wellington was wellington, the was yeah, the was the, the active management from wellington management was sort of the basis for the company but the reality is vanguard enjoyed the bulk of their great success and their name yeah. on Correct. the back of index and passive but fidelity though chose to attack that niche with a vengeance because a couple of things. One, there's a lot of money there so that you get economics of scale and you don't have to work very hard, so you you don't have to charge a lot. 
and and yet they still continue to crank out and uh, and and recharacterize and move and play games with their active funds. And you, what you're 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 asking why? Well, it but well because so they can make more money. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, really? I'm looking at some of these cynical. I'm looking at some of these fidelity funds, like the Fidelity Advisor Energy M Fund, has an expense ratio of one point four percent per year. Really? How many stocks? I don't know. You mean I have to look that up? Well, I was just curious. Well, here's one that's going to have more stocks. The Fidelity Advisor Growth Opportunities Fund, which is 1.3%. I'm going to look up how many stocks. but, but Not very many funds, hopefully, that they have that are over that amount. I just, man, I don't get this stuff. Anyway, we'll talk more about that in a minute. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. 855-935-8255. Arlen, you're up. Welcome to the program. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I got a question that kind of doing all right. It goes a little bit along the lines of what you guys are talking about. We're about one to two years from retirement and have got an investment property. And thinking about selling it in the least, well, and paying the least amount of taxes possible. And so what we had in mind was to, you know, sell the property and take the cash and put it immediately into, say, our retirement home. Uh, pick Buy another piece of property with the cash so that you don't have to take the taxes on it. Did a little research on it and just kind of starting into the research. And it seems to say that in order to avoid the taxes, you have to purchase a property of the same value of the one you sold with the same amount of mortgage that you had on the previous one. Does that make any sense to you? You're talking about a 1031 exchange. Yep. It has to be a like yep. property. Yeah. I didn't know about the, you, I didn't know you have to the word, own as much. I, I always thought that the, 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 the qualifier was a like property. I don't believe I ever found anything that said exactly the same price. But hang on a minute. We've got to take a break. This is... We have to do this on time, and we will talk about this because it's a good topic. 855-935-TALK is our phone number, 855-935-8255. Tom and Don are talking real money. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Hey, hi, welcome back. I'm Don. Tom's over there. We're talking money with you. We're talking money with Arlen right now, who has a piece of property, and he'd like to do what is called a 1031 exchange. It's a like-kind exchange uh, to avoid taxes on investment property. And Arlen, before I, I know what you're talking about now with the with the prices and the mortgage, yep. but is the property that you have now that you want to 1031 exchange, is that an investment property? It is. You've rented it out. It's a rental house. Okay, good. Just yep. you you yep. have to have Important. rented it out. That is critical. The thing that you're yeah, talking about is boot. If you were to take your your property and exchange it for a like-kind property that was worth less than the property you have now, you would have a right. taxable right. boot. Same thing applies That's to mortgages. Up. If you take out a mortgage that is less than the mortgage on the current property, you could have boot there. This is a really complicated law, and it also requires an intermediary. Yeah, you got to have somebody else to work with you on it because somebody has to take the money. Okay, you got that part. Okay, 
So really, if you yep. do, if yep. you if you get a property that's higher value, uh, same or higher value, you're going to be fine. If you have a mortgage that's the same or higher, you'll be fine. Yeah. See, the thought was we were hoping to say, you know, cash out, basically sell the house, take the cash, put it in a lesser value property, and not have a mortgage. Yeah, you can't do that. But the funky law. Well, you can do it. You're going to get taxed if you do that. You're going to get taxed yeah, if you do you're it. Gonna, you're going to pay the tax on the gain yeah, that you had in that. No, property. actually, no, the fact the fact outright. that the fact that an exchange even exists shocks me. I would be willing yeah. to bet you'll see that eventually go away. It's on the list of things that may get axed in yeah. this new tax and, bill, and so. that that whenever you sell an investment property, you will just pay the capital yep. gain. You'll just get taxed. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Turns out right. the government's so running light. They're looking for new good. revenues. Yeah, they're looking yeah, for your sorry. dough there, Arlen. Yeah, Thanks for the call. That. Looking for my money. They want yours. Exactly. Thank good you, luck. sir. Take Thanks. care. Gretchen, you're up next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hey, Gretchen. Oh, no, Gretchen. We lost you, Gretchen. Thank goodness we have Rita to take her place. Thank you for stepping in, Rita. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hey. Thank you. I've listened to your show for a couple of months now, and I'm a new investor. And I would like to know where where I should start to get the information. Um, I'm 60 years old, have a Roth IRA, and also a, um, a mutual fund with my husband, um, but trying to get um, some money for retirement in the next five or eight years. Oh, wait, you say you're looking for a place from which to get information. Don't you already know the answer to that question? Well, hmm. You're listening well, you to it now. It oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. But I mean, the question is what sort of information, because even on our website, we give you three mutual funds or exchange traded funds you could use with your Roth IRA. Pretty simple. I, I don't know. Are you looking for like retirement planning? What sort of information do you need? Yeah. Um, Retirement. Planning. Retirement. Planning. Okay. Yeah. Do you have, have you ever worked with an advisor before? Yeah, I worked with Edward Jones. Oh, yeah, no, that's not an advisor. That's Edward Jones. That's that's a broker. That's a stock broker. They're, they're not an advisor. They may say they are. And then we lost, we lost money with New York Life Insurance when they... When well, they're definitely not a financial advisor. They're yeah. an insurance company. That was terrible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Here's the thing. There, there's this, there's this little trick, and it's it's a it's a trick. You got to find somebody who's who's honest. <laughs> it's so hard to do, yeah. and not just honest, but impeccably honest. Because to say Edward Jones is not honest isn't really true. They just don't act in your best interests all the time, and they're they're not big fans of disclosing everything. They don't like to tell you all the fees and commissions you pay because. You're going to think, well, wait, that's too much. I don't want to pay that much. So the trick is to find a true fiduciary advisor, a true fiduciary. And we give you the tools to do it at Talking Real Money. We really do. They're free. Go to TalkingRealMoney.com slash info. I thought it was help. Oh, help. Oh. Wrong one. Slash help. I'm sorry. I'm getting old. Making it harder. I'm not even 95 yet, and it's already happening. <laughs> TalkingRealMoney.com slash help. H-E-L-P. Just like the Beatles album. You will not believe the amount of stuff there that'll help you find an advisor. Okay. Okay. All right. So start um, there and just follow, follow their advice. Uh, that's our advice. Yes. And um, follow that. And then, of course, listen to Talking Real Money every Saturday. 
Keep on saving. Como and listen to the Talking Real Money podcast. And then if you get really, really bored, go okay. watch us on YouTube. There. There you go. Um, can you just tell me thumbs up or thumbs down about Charles Schwab? I oh, we love Schwab. We love Schwab as a custodian, but we would not go to them for advice. Okay. All right, great. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very, very, very okay. welcome. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Schwab is it's not independent <clears throat> advice, mm-hmm. and it's not always fiduciary advice. Not always. Yeah, so, and, and they uh, do so have confusing. they do have a lot of advisors with whom they work, yeah. but really the the trick is there's a, there are a few tricks to finding a true fiduciary advisor. Now, but bear in mind, I hate to say this; it sounds like I'm always curmudgeonly, but when money's involved, people lie. Truth hurts. <laughs> yeah. They uh-huh. lie. They do. They'll do anything. They, I think you, the, our friend Paul Merriman once said they would crawl across cracked glass for an account. Yeah. And yeah if you were to call, there is a, a well-known, and I'm using air quotes here on the radio, so I have to tell you they're here, financial advisor, well-known financial advisor in air quotes, uh, who's on TV and was on the radio in the Seattle area for a long time. And uh, you, you, could call, you could call his office, and he's a CFP. Certified financial planner. Woo-hoo. You could call his office and say, are you always a fiduciary? And you know what he's, his people are going to tell you? Of course. Absolutely. You bet. We are. Yes. But they'd be lying when they said that because this firm sells equity indexed annuities. But when they sell those, they're not selling those in their capacity as a fiduciary. And this is a loophole that the federal government should not allow to exist. There should be no way you can be a fiduciary and not a fiduciary at the same time. But they are, and they're duly registered as both a fiduciary and as a broker-dealer, therefore right. putting you at risk of being pushed into one of those products that are horrible. So what do you do if they lie verbally? What do you need to do? What 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 do you do? Let's say you've got a verbal agreement with someone to buy something and you're not sure they're going to follow through. What do you do? You create a written contract. Yeah. That's what you need. I hate to say this, but in this industry, that's what you need to do. You need to have a written contract that says I attest that I will always Act as your fiduciary and in your best interests. Now, to make that easier for you, if you go to TalkingRealMoney.com slash help, I have created a two-page colored form, so it's got color-coded boxes, into which your advisor can enter information. Tell you about If they are a 100% full-time fiduciary advisor, they will have no trouble. None filling it out and signing it but if they're not then guess what they might say oh you know my compliance department doesn't my manager says i can't sign this yeah legal department they won't let me sign this thing Mm -hmm. oh you know the other thing you do is just put in a piece of paper i so and so guarantee that i will always act in your best interests and as your fiduciary signed the broker the advisor's name but they won't sign that either they won't if they're liars, so it's a good, I guess that's a good way to flush out the liars, huh? <laughs> Thanks for being there. Go to TalkingRealMoney.com.
Tom and I created Vestry to help everyone become a better investor, even those who will never be clients. Let one of our advisors help you start your financial plan or solve a money problem free with no obligation or high-pressure sales pitch at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. In fact, at TalkingRealMoney.com slash help, we also have a list of advisors in the Seattle area that we happen to know are 100% fiduciaries. We just know they are. Now, we're not uh, we're not telling you they're the best advisors. That we can't tell you. We just know they're fiduciaries. But one of those on that list is us because we know we're fiduciaries. Tom and I started Vestry several years ago and <laughs> to help people manage money because we realize a lot of you don't do it well. Uh, but the other thing we decided to do was provide fiduciary help to anyone who asks us at no cost or obligation for a limited period of time. We're not going to manage your money for that. That's bad business. It means we go broke and then we can't work for you anymore. Uh, but we will do it for free. We'll answer your questions, help you get started on a plan. You can meet with one of our advisors for free for nothing and with no high-pressure sales pitch by setting up an appointment at Vestory.com. and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.